Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Uh, as we transition this morning into our teaching text, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about a new thing I've started in my life, uh, something I've never done before, never needed to do before. Uh, by far, my preferred hobbies, if you will, would be fishing and cooking, uh, which for the most part are, are fun and easy. I mean, you, you're hoping that eating what you cooked is fun. Uh, but, you know, my newest hobby, I would say, is really neither of those things. It's really neither fun uh, or enjoyable. So, Four or five days a week now, uh, I've been sweating and struggling and moaning and groaning and, yes, complaining my way through this new thing called a workout. Yeah, I've, wor- I've learned already that working out is hard. And I know some of you, like, live for the gym. It's, it's a part of what you do. It's something you enjoy. Uh, and I, I just I don't know how you get there. I'm hoping one day I do, but I'm here to confess to you I am not there today. Uh, it is still a daily battle, uh, but this journey began a couple months or eh, a couple months ago, probably. Uh, I just sensed the Lord um, calling me and just saying, "You need to get your health under control." Uh, I sit in a lot of meetings. I work under a laptop a lot. Uh, have a lot of meetings over lunch. Which you add all that together, you need to get your health under control. Uh, and, and so at, at first I thought it was odd because it wasn't really what I was expecting to hear from the Lord. But uh, on different occasions, I, I just sensed that. And so here we go. <laughs> We're figuring it out. And, and working out is hard. And, and I have muscles now and joints and places and parts that I didn't even know existed until they started hurting. Uh, you know, that's a thing that happens. Uh, I hate to even admit this, but I, I, my fitness journey began at the point where I threw my back out one morning trying to stretch. I'm like, oh, my goodness, Lord, what in the world are we doing? And look, I, I'm not saying anything you don't already know, but can, I, can we just talk about the mental battle of getting up every day and just going, oh, i got to do this. And that last adage, I'll just do it tomorrow. Yeah, it's tough, right? And uh, we're trying to merge healthier eating in with this. Uh, I quickly learned, a fun factoid for you, uh, a slice of bacon has three grams of protein. uh, And that tastes much better than the 15 grams of protein you're going to get from a spoonful of powder. I'm just saying. Take it from me, bacon tastes much better than protein powder. Uh, But for all the, the aches and the pains, the sore knees and ankles and all of that stuff, I do have to say in some weird way I've started to notice feeling better. I, I notice my mileage times getting faster, and, and I actually find myself wanting to do it again. And it's weird, and I'm not quite there yet, uh, but it is a journey that I've committed to. And uh, working out is hard, but I would say it's worth it. The old cliche saying, right, no pain, no gain, there's some truth in that somewhere, right? 
Well, as we continue in our teaching series today, uh, we're going to see that uh, for the Apostle Paul, the most important workout, uh, the most important thing that we can give ourselves to, that we can give our lives to, has nothing to do with treadmills and protein shakes. But rather, the most important thing that we can give ourselves to, that we can work out, that we can focus on, is the living out of our salvation in Christ Jesus. He will say, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But what does that really mean? Well, that's our focus today, and I want to welcome you back to our teaching series, Living the Jesus Life. Uh, we're in the middle of a nine-week journey through this letter to the Philippian church written by the Apostle Paul uh, while he was uh, sitting in a Roman jail cell uh, locked up away from his friends. And so today we're in week five of this study and we're really concluding a, a portion, a, a section where Paul has been unpacking one central theme. Uh, and this began in chapter one at verse 27 a number of weeks ago for us. Uh, but it began there, so he introduces himself, he talks about how things go on, he expresses his love for the church in Philippi, and his first instruction is recorded there in verse 27, uh, and we have it on the screen, he says, whatever happens, so no matter what, uh, focus on this one thing, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's his first instruction, the first thing he wants them to focus on, that no matter what, no matter the opposition, the challenge, the other distractions, focus your lives in living such a way as to honor the name of Jesus Christ. And Paul knows that, that if they get this thing down, if they can really grasp that, and that is their focus, that when they come together, they're going to experience unity as the church. They're going to be together, standing firm in the Holy Spirit. They're going to strive together and work hard together for the cause of Christ, and they won't have to fear. They won't have to fear any opposition because of their focus on Jesus. And for all of this beauty that, that he unpacks in unity, he warns them of some pitfalls, of, of some dangers, some stay away from here things that he knows will derail the life of the church. And he talks about things like avoiding selfish ambitions and attempting to gain power and influence for our own purposes. They're not to look after their own desires when they come together as the body. And Paul says in verse 5 of chapter 2, he says, uh, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same mind as Christ. And so believers are to exhibit the lifestyle of, of self-sacrificing, of, of humbling yourself just like Jesus did to serve others. For Paul, there's, there's this inseparable link between what we believe and how we live. So we can't profess to believe in Jesus and then go live any way we want. What we believe about who Jesus is must transcend our everyday lives. It must govern our conduct. We're to model our lives after the life of Jesus we see revealed in the New Testament. We cannot pull apart what we believe from how we live. And as we continue today in, in our series, we're going to begin in verse 12. Uh, he's going to remind uh, the believers there of their past faithfulness, of some of their history together. But he's also going to encourage them on in their faith to work out the very things that he's been teaching. So we're going to dive into to chapter 2 at verse 12. Uh, the text is on the screen. It's also in uh, the U version notes. If you use the Bible app, you can look at that. 
on your phone. So Philippians 2, beginning in verse 12, we're going to read uh, through the balance of 13. He says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Working out is hard. Um, workout, right? Don't laugh. These are only five-pound barbells, dump, whatever. These, I don't even know what they're called. They weigh five pounds. Thank dumbbells. I'm still learning. But working out is aches and pains. It's, it's a commitment, right? You got to get up early or stay up late. You got to make that time. You got to push through what it feels like. And so I wonder today, as you hear this text, as you think about your life, your, your salvation, your journey with Jesus, your life together as the church, uh, do you think of it as a workout? As a commitment to lean in and to work every day, to pump that iron of the spiritual muscle, to work out your salvation. Because the opposite of that would be the much more comfortable recliner, right? <laughs> I'll just do it tomorrow. For Paul, you see, he, he sees the necessity of believers especially those who are facing opposition. He, he sees that necessity to put in the hard work of, of living out the Jesus life. Is that how you view your salvation today? Because this is the truth for us today, that our salvation is something to be worked out as God has worked it in, we're to work it out in our everyday lives, to give ourselves to the hard work of living the Jesus life. So today... Will you? Will you commit to working out your salvation with fear and trembling? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. Lord, it's, it's Pentecost Sunday. Uh, I thank you that the spirit that you are indwelling with us right now is the exact spirit, Lord, that you gave the Apostle Paul when he penned these letters and these words. And so, Lord, as you equipped him to write, to teach, Lord, uh, uh, strengthen us, commit us to receiving the truth of your word today in the same spirit. Lord, we want to humble ourselves before your word to hear your call. Work it out. Work it out. Search our hearts, Lord. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Working out so hard, you got to stop for water occasionally. Don't laugh. Just kidding. So as we dive into this passage, uh, there's a couple, um, a couple of questions we need to ask maybe uh, at, to, to get the right understanding of what's going on uh, here in this text. And maybe these are questions you're even thinking too as you hear the words, work out your salvation. And perhaps uh, the most important thing we need to understand and, and talk about first, and the, the question might go something like this, uh, is Paul trying to say, uh, that we need to work to earn our salvation or that our right relationship with God, our right standing uh, is something we have to earn. And that's a great question as we dive into this text, uh, and it deserves a very clear answer, no. 
That is not what the Apostle Paul is teaching and calling us to. Uh, If you would rewind back to chapter 1 even, uh, Paul begins his letter addressing it to uh, all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. So the context of his writing of who he's talking to are believers. They're members of the church who are following after Jesus. Uh, When Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, he wrote this. He said, uh, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast or no one can boast. You see, good works, our absolute best, cannot earn our salvation. It is by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. And so our text today uh, is not about earning your salvation. It's not about how you get into the kingdom of God. It's about how you live out that calling. This message is about how to live the Jesus life, not how to find it. There's a key difference there. This is about how to live the life, not how to find it. And so another question as you dive into this text is, is Paul talking about our personal salvation? Like, and that's a very Western idea, right? Like, me focused. Is, Is Paul talking about me, or is he talking about our life together as the church? And Uh, This one's a little trickier to pull apart, and I would just want to give the answer yes and yes. Uh, He's really talking a little bit about both. Uh, If if you go home and you start researching this for yourself, you're going to find very uh, solid scholarship on either side of that conversation. You're going to find scholars that say, oh, it's all about life in the church, and you're going to find scholars over here that say it's all about your salvation. And usually what happens uh, when you see scholarship on both sides is that the truth is, is hovering around somewhere there in the middle. And so today, uh, we do need to read that this is for us. This is about your daily discipleship and sanctification in God. But it's also about us living life together because that's the context that we've been studying. Uh, He's been talking about uh, unity, life together. He's addressing how they interact relationally. He's forbidden grumbling and self-serving and all of those things. Uh, And so we can't forget that this is a message about us. It's a message about the church and our life together. And so today, as we've kind of unpacked that, let's let that guide as we hold individual and community together, as we understand that this is about living out the life, let's get the workout started. Let's dive into verse 12. He says, therefore, my dear friends, your translation might say something like uh, my beloved, Uh, but he says, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, Not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And so Paul's beginning here, he's really restating his love, his friendship, his relationship to uh, the believers there in Philippi. And so what we see is that this this is not a hard-nosed disciplinarian. Uh, This is not a mean substitute teacher wagging their finger at you about being, hey, behave, be good. Like, this is a friend, This is a mentor. This is someone who cares deeply for whom he's writing to. And so they they, they have this long history together, and he's writing. He's he's saying, you guys were doing so good when we were together. You were living so right. And now that I'm gone, now that I'm in prison, you need to double down on living this life together. Double down on it, he says. And then he says something that really uh, should get your attention, and it's what captivated me this week because it's, it's really the theme of this morning's message. He says, continue to work out your salvation. Work out, 
your salvation. So as they had begun, as they had begun this journey in Jesus, so they needed to continue. And the word for uh, work out is one word in the original language, uh, and it has the idea of, of achieving, uh, to bring about uh, of completeness or, or working to complete an end goal. And it was also used, uh, this original term was used of mining. Uh, so you think about a mine that had a, a vein of gold running through it. You had to work that out of the ground to profit from it, right? It was there, but you had to work it out. And so that's Paul, he's saying, now remember, salvation is not about our justification, it's not our right standing with God, so he's not talking about that, but he says, we have to work this thing out. What God has put within us, this Jesus life, we have to work out into our everyday lives, and certainly our lives together. And he's, he's just said, you know, no grumbling, uh, no bickering, no self-serving. He's saying, look, the work that God has begun in you, what he started, that salvation life, that Jesus life, work it out every day and in every aspect of your lives together. And it's work. It's work because it's hard. There's opposition. It's anything but easy. But you see, Paul, he's, he's not a daydreamer. Like he knows that there's challenges because he's using terms that express challenge and difficulty of the task of working out your salvation. And so just as sore knees and ankles are a problem or a challenge to daily exercise, uh, physically living a, a united and purposeful life following after Jesus is challenging. It's a workout. It's a workout. But we're called to this life, to this workout, with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. You see, believers, uh, they're to live their lives in honor and respect of God, of who has called us, of who has birthed his life within us. And, And so obedience, this command to work it out, is not optional. It's not something that we're doing just to get Paul off our back. No, our obedience and the life we live, working out our salvation, is done unto the Lord. And we should do that with fear and trembling, reverence and honor and awe and respect for the person of God. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. Things are going to hurt. There's going to be disagreement and maybe even suffering. He says, work out, <laughs> work it out, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You've heard me t- maybe talk a little bit about some of my journey, and I had a pretty uh, distinct disgust for contemporary Christian music when I got saved. Uh, you could call it K-Love or The Journey, whatever you want, but I, I kind of, I just couldn't see how I would ever, ever get to the point where I could listen to that. I'm sorry, I liked rock and roll and uh, all kinds of other stuff. But part, I could tell that part of working out salvation for me was dealing with what I put in my mind and my head all the time. So I was in construction at that point. Man, 10, 12 hours a day, we had to radio jam. And what are you putting into your mind? Well, uh, I, I just sensed that I had to do it, that I needed to deal with it. And so working for me, part of my salvation was working out. What are you putting into your mind? You know what? And looking back, however many years ago that was, like my radio station just lives on Christian music. <laughs> 
gospel, whatever. Some old country thrown in. Work it out. I, I, I still have to give continual workout effort to my anger and my temper. It's tough. It's tough. Because you see, part of working out your salvation is working out how and maybe what you say when that person cuts you off up here on 33, right? Work out your salvation. Work out your salvation and how you drive to work and how you respond. Work out your salvation with the person in line who's taking entirely too long and you're in a hurry. Work out your salvation. Work out your salvation in your relationships. Work out what God has put in you. You see, there's never a point where we stop working this thing out because our lives are constantly changing, right? There is something new on the horizon of every day that we need to be Christ-like, and we have to work our salvation through a new area of our lives, a new challenge, a new opportunity to show Jesus to the world. Work out your salvation. I'm confident that ahead of me is going to be working out my salvation living with a teenage daughter. I don't know how to do that yet. But y'all got teenagers, and I see you. And I'm knowing that ahead of me, I cannot recline back because my salvation is going to have to be worked out as I show my daughter Jesus. We never get to sit in the recliner in our salvation, our journey with the Lord. We have to commit to this life. It's the call of discipleship. And you, as you process that for yourself, you begin to go like, how is that possible? How do you ever get into learning like Caleb? Sorry, I'm just kidding. But you see, Paul doesn't leave us hanging out there. He doesn't want us to think that it's all about what we can do. We have a part to play, right? But look at what he says in verse 13. He says, uh, so he's coming out of this idea, of work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. How do you work out your salvation? How do you work it out in your life and what that means with your relationships and struggles and challenges? How do you work that out? How do you work out life together as a church? It's God who's at work in you. It's his spirit alive and empowering you. And as you look at that word for works there, uh, it's close to our word for energy. Energy. It's God who energizes you. It's God who gives you the power. And this is not like a sugar rush up and back down. No, this is long-standing power and energy and encouragement to continue on working out your salvation in fear and trembling. We see the beautiful thing there that God is, is not only calling us to this workout thing, uh, he's empowering us, but he's also transforming us. He's transforming our will and our minds to be in the image of Christ Jesus. So he gives us the life, he gives us the call, he gives us the power, and he does the transformation. It's good news, friends. It's good news. It will change your life. He will change your life through you. But you got to work it out. You got to work it out. It's not always 
fun to talk about the life I used to live, but um, I'm not a naturally compassionate person. Uh, I'm not naturally empathetic at all. Um, so it, it's hard to be that way and look at the Gospels and how Jesus loved and how he lived and think that I can continue to live like that. I, I, I really used to, um, I didn't really take time to hear people's stories. There's a story behind everything, friends. Uh, I didn't take time to hear the stories. I didn't take time to hear the brokenness or the hurt that maybe was behind someone's particular life or their actions. Um, I, I just kind of had this very shallow perspective that if people could just uh, stop making stupid decisions, uh, if they would just work hard, that 99% of the problems would just go away. We don't live in a world so simply ordered, do we? It's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. And so dealing with my anger and my, my uh, very shallow view and self-centered uh, lack of compassion and empathy, I look back, and friends, I have not arrived. This is a workout area for me. This is lifting daily. But I, think, I praise God I'm not where I was and I'm not yet where I want to be. But I look back across that journey. I have no explanation for you what that was other than Jesus. I, I don't. But that's what Paul is saying. That's the truth of the word. That it's God is, it, as we're in his word, as we're responding to his spirit, as we're continuing to say yes and working this thing out, that he is transforming us. Hallelujah. Work it out. It's God in you. Working through you. He's changing you, friends. And we begin uh, to see this work that when we obey, when we say yes to the Spirit of God, the move of His grace in our lives, when we obey, we see that God is at work. God is at work when you obey. It's a hard workout. It's worth it. It's the call of discipleship. Let's continue in our text. He says, before we, you know, before the temptation would be to stop and think it's all about us, but look at what he does. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. And there's one really good reason that we should work out our salvation, right? Because we find ourselves in a warped and crooked generation. But he says, work it out so that you may be blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them. You will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Before we would be tempted to make this text all about us, Paul brings in the call of community. The call of mission as the people of God. To leverage our lives for his kingdom and his glory. You see, Paul, he's a sharp guy. Uh, he actually understood something that neuroscience has proven in our time. I don't think they had neuroscience in Paul's time, but he was on top of it. You see, uh, our brains actually, if you're a neuroscientist here today, I'm sorry. This was, will probably not work for you, but... Uh, at the base level that I can deal with this, uh, our brains become trained and accustomed to complaining. Just as we can work out good things, we can work in 
bad habits of complaining. You see, well, what happens is that our brains build connections to different cells. I think they're called neuropathways. Uh, and so what happens when you live a life of complaining and arguing and grumbling, like your brain is building connections to complain, to negativity. And so the next time, it happens faster than it did before because your brain's wired for efficiency. And, and so Paul's saying, hey, let's burn those bridges. <laughs> Let's burn those bridges of negativity in our minds. Start making a positive effort. Start making, working out your salvation, the focus of your minds. Don't find yourself grumbling and complaining. Don't wire your brain that way. And some of you are like elbowing people beside you. I don't know what that's about, but let's pray together, okay? We've got to work this thing out in our life together. Paul knows as he's writing to this church under pressure in the first century that they've given themselves to complaining and arguing. They're going down the wrong path. They will crumble and fail. Saying, work out your salvation together. Don't be about yourselves. Work together. Find unity in the essentials of the faith. And charge forward for the kingdom of God. You know, we... (laughs) We teach our kids, uh, we think about our, our mission, we teach our kids to sing. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. See, that, this is Paul calling us to this. Let your light, let the salvation, the life of God that he has worked in you, let it so shine among the world that they know you're different. This little light of mine. I'd love to know this morning how you feel about this idea of a workout besides me being such a wimp with five-pound dumbbells. Like, how do you feel about this idea? That when you open the scriptures, that when you pray, that when you think about your life, that God's calling you to a workout. Thank you for coming today. But as you think about coming to church, like, is it an observation engagement or is it a workout? What would the difference be? What would the difference be? Um, you ever thought, <laughs> we'll just look at the two different sides of this. Like in your own life, like what would this look like? What does a workout, besides dumbbells, what does a workout look like in your spiritual life? When I came back to the Lord, uh, I've been living my way for a number of years. Um, I, I, I kind of just prayed one day around the communion table there at the Harrisonburg campus. Um, I, I just said, Lord, I, you know, I've, I've tried it my way. I want to try it your way. And so when I came back to the Lord, like, I was sincere in that moment. Like, I, I wanted to live for the Lord, but I assumed a posture uh, from that day forward that looked a little bit like this. Feels good to take a load off, doesn't it? <sighs> I'm saved. But the trouble was is I stayed in this position. For a couple weeks went by, like, I didn't really lean in. I didn't get into that hard workout, right? Just kind of, whew, in Christ, thank you. And I didn't get in the workout, and a couple weeks went by, and I sensed the Lord. Uh, there was another, we were in a season where we had communion a lot. It was beautiful. Um, another Sunday, uh, I just sensed the Lord saying, like, you're not holding up your end of the deal here. Because, you see, I, I left that moment and, and I reclined back and just 
waited for God to do it all. I didn't take the steps of dealing with my heart, with anger, with lust, with pride, with my language, with my, you know, I didn't do any of that. I just sat down. And I sensed God say, you're not holding up your end of the deal here. You're not working it out. <laughs> and I knew at that moment that I couldn't live the Jesus life in the comfort of a recliner. You got to get in the game, friends. You can't earn it, but once you receive it, you have to work it out. You have to work it out. So today, as you would think about this for your life, are you in the chair? Are you just kind of kick back, waiting for God to just bestow all of his blessings upon you? He has in Christ Jesus, but maybe you're just lean back. What would it look like to get in the game? To work out the life that God has put in you? What would that mean? What would that look like for you? I mean, for some of you today, that journey may begin uh, with a phone call to a counselor to say, I need help with this. I sense God calling me to change, but I've got some stuff I've got to deal with because we don't live in a simply ordered world. Do that. God's graced people, counselors, professionals to help us. Maybe getting out of the chair today for you means signing up for a 12-step program. What would that look like for you today? Maybe it looks like uh, changing uh, some habits. Maybe it looks like picking up literal barbells because God's saying, get your health under control. What would it look like for you? Maybe how you're expressing anger and frustration. What would it look like to lean in, to get out of the chair and just say, yes, Lord, to know that it's his power within you. This is not a long wagging finger saying, go live better. It's saying, no, let's do this together. What would it look like for you as the band comes up? Look, the, these, <laughs> this exercise can be painful. And I don't want to make light of that today. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. Your journey matters. But the call to take up the weights and, and start working this thing out with the power of, of Jesus and, and his transforming work, we can't deny it. Don't miss the call to work it out. Don't miss the call. What would this call look like in your relationship with the church? Look again, hear me again. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> it's a sound check without you. But as we listen to this, as we hear Paul's words and understanding that he's talking to a body of believers that are facing challenges in a complex world, and he says, work out your salvation. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for you today? We said in welcoming members, we believe that participation is better than observation. Like, What would it mean to get in the game with your relationship with the people sitting to your left and to your right and in front of and behind you? What would that workout look like? Is, is it getting in the game of serving, of leveraging your life to see others hear about the good news? Maybe a stronghold's finances of, of God's got these other areas in your life, but he's calling you to leverage yourself financially for the glory of God's kingdom. What might it be today for you? 
serving in, in the coffee ministry or the kids ministry or volunteering at an event across town that's promoting uh, safe housing for people? What would that look like to engage ourselves with the community? Let's think capital C church here. You know, I was walking and praying about this this week, and, and, and the reality is that the, the church is, is supposed to be a life-saving station. It's supposed to be a life-saving station in the kingdom of God where to welcome people in, in the midst of their brokenness, their hurts, and their habits. It's an opportunity for us to come together in unity and focus and point people to Jesus, to His empowering, to His new life. It's going to get messy. And I'm just thinking about this call and think, Lord, how does that affect us today? What are you calling for the church in 2023 to get in the game? And I'm, I'm processing all this earlier in the week, and I was, I was out walking, and I just sensed the Lord. I, I just, it might have been bad pizza. Maybe it was the Lord. I just had this thought come over my mind. How would this scripture have changed the outcome of the church through the pandemic? Um, I, I was on staff at the church when we went through the pandemic. It's not been that long ago. There was a lot of pain and hurt. Some of you experienced that. Um, but I was on staff, and, and we in one week, in one week, you could hear from the same group of people that somebody was upset and, and leaving because we required masks. And then in that same week, from the same group of people, you would have somebody saying, we're leaving because you're just not taking this seriously enough. And look, I'm not taking up any sides of any debates, but can I just be a human for a minute and tell you how much that hurt? And I know that people in you experienced hurt through that season. And so as I thought, like, what would this change? What have we learned? How can we lean in? Because, friends, if we think it's smooth sailing into the future, we're sadly mistaken. So this call is not just for them then, it's for us now. And look, we're not talking about sacrificing truth. We're not talking about changing what the Bible says. We're talking about unity in the essentials. What does that mean for us? To love one another and be so committed to working out our salvation and community that we have dialogue about our disagreements rather than just peacing out. Because disagreements are coming. What would that look like? Friends, as I think about the future, I'm just thinking how much we need this. Are you ready to work out? Are you ready to work out? When you obey, take that step God is at work in you this is a journey of unity with the Holy Spirit it's a journey of unity together with the body it's a call to get out of the recliner and get in the game work out what God has worked in for his glory let's pray together Lord Jesus um, we thank you for your word today. 
Uh, We thank you first, Lord, that salvation, that forgiveness is not something we have to earn. Because, Lord, we couldn't. We couldn't. But, Lord, you have made a way through the cross, your life, death, and resurrection, that our salvation comes by putting our trust in you, by inviting you in and receiving you. And, Lord, today we thank you that our journey doesn't stop there. And we thank you for the courage of the Apostle Paul to say, get in the game, friends. Get in the game. Work this thing out. Work it out in your life. Work it out together. Lord Jesus, we welcome you, Lord. We want to hear your voice. We want to receive your strength, Lord, to be transformed by you. Lord, so that we can shine like stars among our world. Not for our glory, Lord, but for yours. So, Lord, I pray for that heart today that's wrestling with this workout. God, in their own life and how they, maybe they're on the fritz with the church, Lord. I just pray that you would move mightily today and stirring, Lord, convincing us of the areas that we need to Start to work it out. Search our hearts today, God. Search our hearts. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen and amen. Are you ready to work it out, friends? I just invite you to stand and worship. Uh, If you want to bow in prayer, whatever God's doing in this moment in your heart, just obey him. It's his life at work within you. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.